Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Survive on the road, baby. Stack those wins. Be resilient. Northwestern came to play last night after taking down Michigan State earlier this week. They said, you know what? We can take down the Badgers as well. No, 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 no. As everyone was in double figures for the starters for the Wisconsin Badgers, led by Johnny Davis and his 27. Most of the damage coming after halftime as the Badgers with a little free throw troubles there at the end on fire from beyond the arc though and able to survive on the road taking down northwestern 82 to 76 i i am happy with it my guy rowdy over here not happy with it rowdy good morning what's up thought the entire game was sloppy especially from wisconsin and the referees rowdy who got a win on the razor's edge by taking the wisconsin badgers well three and a half or three two two Rowdy gets a not only gets his wallet fatter, but Wisconsin now has another win to move to fifteen and two on the year, six and one. Wisconsin now, uh, God, improved to nine and one in games decided by six points or less this season. I like it. Rowdy doesn't like it. Rowdy, tell me, t- tell me why you don't like this win for the Badgers. It was a sloppy game just in general. They came out slow, missed a ton of buckets at the rim. And on top of that, they kind of let Northwestern hang around, hang around. They weren't closing out on shooters late, missing free throws, and kind of playing nonchalantly multiple times down the stretch where all of a sudden there were steals and or should have been steals. So you were not satisfied with a win in the Big Ten on the road with a team that just beat Michigan State a couple of days ago. It's a ago. game they should have won by 10-plus. Not only did they, Rowdy, good teams win, but what do great teams do? Yeah, they cover. Cover. It's and Wisconsin covered, baby. One. And they covered, hence them being the number eight team in the country and a great team. It was a Big Ten is hard to win on the road. Wisconsin gets it done. Now Northwestern, not the greatest of teams, but they do have some fight in them. Wisconsin finds a way to do it. Johnny Davis taking a shot in the face with a bloody nose in the second half. You had Chucky Hepburn hitting a half quarter. Um, at halftime, right before halftime, it was just an overall good team. The role players stepping up and doing their thing um, when others would be quiet for a little bit. Wisconsin, 52.9% from beyond the arc, 9 of 17. Um, the only thing that I didn't really care for was the free throws, especially at the end. Uh, Badgers ranked second in the Big Ten at 76% coming into the game, but they missed five straight in the final minute. Given Northwestern a little hope, it was Hepburn and Davis each missing two, and then Wall missed one. Wisconsin 21 or 12 for 21, excuse me, in the second half, 17 of 26 for the game. That's the part that bugged me uh, about the game. Johnny Davis, though, insane. This dude, from banking in threes to getting to the rack, he now sits at 22.1 points per game. The lacrosse product is on his way to becoming the first Wisconsin player to average at least 20 points per game since Michael Finley in 1995. Johnny Davis also leading in rebounding, 7.5 per game. Assists, that's 2.6 per game. And steals, 1.5 per game. Absolutely incredible. 
Um, Slow start for Johnny Davis, too. I think he only had like two shots in the first six minutes. Yeah, 17, 17 points came in the second half. He'd really turn it on at the end. Uh, it was kind of weird how they started out, wasn't it? Because Johnny Davis hardly touched the basketball like the first four to six minutes. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff down low and not a lot of stuff going in. Let's see here. A guy, True Advisor, says resiliency was displayed. Northwestern came to play, and we didn't need magic or lucky bounces. A big win to keep the momentum looking for Michigan. Um, love it, dude. We got Sparty coming up on Friday, right, Michigan State? And then Roger in Stowe, he says, so before the season, Rowdy was saying Bucky would be a fringe tournament team. Now he's mad they only won by six. Any response to Roger and Stowe? Are you going to save it for when we hopefully see him Saturday I mean, North, at Northwestern's, Northwestern's not expected to be a good team. They're not, they're not even a fringe tournament team. So he's saying, so before the season, Rowdy was saying Bucky would be a fringe tournament team. Now he's mad that they only won by six. You're not mad, are you? No, I'm just, I'm just a little unsatisfied. I think it was a game they should have rolled them. Well, you know, the world's not perfect. Wisconsin does find a way to get it done. It's nice to see Wisconsin finds a way to win on the road. They take down Northwestern. It was uh, a bit of a head-scratcher, right, Rowdy, when the game started, when the offense not really flowing through Johnny Davis. Uh, he ended up getting um, all of his, not all of them, but majority of his points coming in the second half, 17 of his 27. And this dude is just damn good. Tyler Wall, 14 points, pulled down 11 rebound, uh, rebounds excuse me, for assists. Chucky Hepburn, 14 points. One away from his career high. Brad Davison, another 13 and four assists. Steven Crowell also hitting double digits with 10 on just four shots. Was the performance of the the other starters boring you, Rowdy, compared to Johnny Davis? I didn't understand how they started the game. Johnny Davis had like two shots in the first six minutes. It was a lot of uh, Tyler Wall and Steven Crowell post-ups and, frankly, misses. Yeah, Johnny Davis then uh, eventually getting his feet wet, getting her going. Chucky Hepburn had some pretty good, no, 14 points. Chucky Hepburn with the half-court three. I, I'm that, sure that, that was huge. A hell of a shot, dude. Did you see this three-pointer before that in the first half where it was like super long range too? Like, yeah, from like Steph Curry, NBA, yeah. deep, deep range. That dude was dialed in. Yeah. Top of the key and like just almost like, logo. Yeah, long ways away. Just <laughs> Not like drained it. Yeah. That the one right before the half was huge. Just it felt like it gave feet. the the Badgers some momentum, and then the Badgers came out in the second half and played better basketball. Mm-hmm. And I would say for the most part, they the thing that was frustrating is they would get up six, seven, ten points, and then let Northwestern crawl right back into two. Yeah. No, I was I'm happy with the win, RJ. That was a good. Rowdy's very unsatisfied. He said at the win, kind of not liking it. What what's what do you what's your vibe? I mean, it's it's one of the it's a lackluster win, but I'm not going to complain about a win. No, on the road in the Big Ten for a team that just beat Michigan State. Yeah, who like, went on, on who, the road? On the road beat Michigan beat State. Michigan State. I, yeah, I mean Northwestern is a lot better than their two and five conference record. Yeah, you know who had the worst performance. Uh, vote the referees. Oh, they were damn. terrible for both teams. Yeah, uh, oh. Northwestern's I coach mean, Chris Collins after the game was just like losing his mind about the free throw shooting he, disparency. He, he tried his best to to pull a uh, Coach K. Couldn't do it. No, can did it. I there the let's see from the the Brad Davison both feet established back in yeah. when he grabbed the ball or that same play. Where Northwestern's bench was grabbing at him, <laughs> and okay, nothing was called. Hey, you can't do that. I, I don't like- know. My biggest one was 
when Johnny Davis drove into the lane and got fouled by two different guys and his nose started bleeding. Yeah. There was and he's no looking call. at the ref going yeah. like this. There's and the ref's just like, mm. there was no call. They went back, looked at it, and still decided Nothing. no call. No Even one. though there's a clear, I hit you right in hey, your nose. They said no intentional contact. And okay. tell me why we need replay in any sport. We don't. They always get it wrong. We don't. Just go with the human error. Yeah, just I wouldn't it. be mad if if that was the case. So Wisconsin I mean, now, I would, but I wouldn't. Nine and one in games decided by six points or less this season. That's a sign of a damn good team. I liked uh, afterwards. I watched a little bit of the post game show, and they're all like, you know, you have so many people who say if you're winning that many close games, you're lucky. And he goes, I'm pretty sure this team is just good. If you're if you're nine and one in games decided by six points or less, you're not lucky. You're good. You're good. And that one, you're good. That one loss was without yeah. the national player of the year. Yeah, that, you're against I mean, a ranked team. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I just um, there's no other way around it. Oh, they're lucky. They're nine. They're nine and one. I mean, you shoot in games by six points or less. Almost fifty two percent field goals. Didn't Northwestern have more field 53. goals? I think Northwestern had more field goals than Wisconsin did, too. I'd have to go look at the, the statue. 33 again. to 28. Seven threes, nine threes for Wisconsin. How about Wisconsin? 52.7% from beyond the arc. That one from Johnny Davis in the second half where he tried to get the foul and banked it in. I was like, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> Brad Davison from like super long range, too. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phones quick, though. Good morning. Who is this? Good morning, gentlemen. Whoa, what's going on today? Hey, um, Steve here. Yeah, Steve, it's been forever. What's going on? Oh, I, I listen. I just be selective, you know. Okay, have a, I, I, hey, hope I, I hope it was UB40 and uh, Neil Diamond getting you to call in. Oh, no, I, I can't stand Neil Diamond. Oh, I can't. Oh, I, anyway. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, regarding that game last night, yeah. um, I really, I really like Chris Collins as a coach. His teams always play hard, and even when they have – um, you know, on paper, less talent than the other team. He, he's always very competitive. I enjoyed watching him beat Steve, Michigan beat, Yeah, State. Michigan State. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Michigan State on the road. Yeah. But, you know, I watched his press conference, and, you know, he was whining about the officiating. Yeah. And and uh, because of the discrepancy in total fouls. And if you watch that game last night, it wasn't enough of a discrepancy. They held or bumped Johnny Davis Every time he had the ball, yeah. anytime he cut through the lane, they didn't call enough fouls. The one that he got hit in the face, not a foul call. He's the bleeding. One where he, he was bleeding. Yeah, the three-point shot with it, it was unorthodox, kind of corkscrew shot. He got fouled there. I mean, so that is a segue to my other point. I watch. I love watching John Davis. He's a marvelous, marvelous college player. But this talk about him going to the NBA. I started thinking, where would he play in the NBA? What position would he play? Because he's not going to play a, a wing in the NBA. He's not big enough. Um, he would have to. I think he doesn't handle the ball well enough to, to be a, a, a point. He's not a point guard, so he'd have to be, I think, a two guard. And I, I just questioned. I mean, if he thinks that it was physical last night, <laughs> wait till he gets to the NBA. I, I just, I, I think, and maybe I'm saying this selfishly, but as a Badger fan, because yeah, they wanted to be stay. back. I think he. I think he gets needs to get stronger. Physically I like gets stronger. Steve, I like this. I'll, we need to do everything in our power to get Johnny Davis to stay. But if he does stay, then I think he needs a, like a, a, a medical evaluation on his brain 
because I wouldn't leave that money on the table if I was the lottery, a lottery pick like no, that. No, and, and I get that. I get that. And I wouldn't fault him. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I wanted to be successful. You know, one of Same. my favorite – I'm a kind of a, a basketball junkie, and and one of my favorite Big Ten players of all time is Melo Trimble, and he never made it in the NBA. Um, and look how good he was and how quick he was, and, and he, he never made it. I mean, Frank Kaminsky's player of the year in the NBA, and he's fringe at best. Yeah. Um, Ducker didn't make it. Um, now he's in Russia. Who, Luke Garza, it doesn't get off the bench. So, I mean, um, they're, just because he's great in, in, in the, the big Steve, stand. I, I saw, remember Mo Wagner? Yeah. I saw Luka, Luka Doncic looking at Mo Wagner a couple days ago in a game, and, like, Wagner was in his face, and Luka looks at him and goes, who the F are you? And then walked <laughs> away. <laughs> well, you know, the, Euro, the Euro influence on basketball has really, has really changed. And, and you know, we, again, I love – don't take it as a negative on Johnny Davis at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no, not at all. I, I, I love him. But, man, the, the NBA, I mean, if you – I watch I watch a bit of NBA, and I just I just trying to see where Don, where Johnny would fit if, yeah. he, if he went. Uh, Jalen Johnson, do you remember him? I do. He's, uh, he's he, he played doing? at Sun Prairie and then transferred. Yeah. Uh, what is he, he in the, Europe or something? He was no. He was like the twentieth pick in the in the draft in the NBA. He's in the G League. Oh, yes, for the um, Hawks. Yeah, the yeah. Hawks. And he was actually they wanted him to come up and kind of be the twelfth man. And he said, "No thanks. I need to get better if I'm going to succeed in this league. So just leave me in the G League." Yeah. And if you look it up, it's a tremendous story because he says, I, "I'm not. I'm not at a point where I can." play now um yeah, and good for him for knowing yourself you know so hopefully johnny does that i know he's got you know his dad had played in the nba and he's got i'm sure he's got good people around him but again if the money's out there he'll take the money yeah, and yeah and run and i wouldn't blame him one bit so yeah same steve you're the man brother uh, besides right. the neil diamond hate we'll forgive you for that but you're the man <laughs> all right thanks guys have a good day steve. good stuff uh i mean johnny davis i'm sure uh, you know, Did we'll you talk hear his about interview after break. the game. What was he saying? Where uh, oh. Stephen Bardo was interviewing oh. him. Your dad can't hold a candle to you. No, yeah. he, he said, can't. No, he yep. can't. And then he walks away. <laughs> no, he can't. I love it. So Aaron Rodgers on the podium yesterday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the best he's ever felt pre-stubbing his toe. He said uh, he's getting it going. He's in practice doing his thing. And Rodgers uh, asked a, a lot about you know history. When it comes to these two teams, the Niners and the Packers, uh, igniting you know old rivalry and also a little newer in the playoffs. Last time they played, they got absolutely stomped, right in the NFC Championship game. They ran wild. Jimmy GQ, though, uh, the other quarterback in this game, banged up. And Rowdy, you think the line suggests the uh, it keeps moving towards Packers that the line suggests that Jimmy G might not be playing? Well, bad, I thumb, think bad shoulder. Right now, it's definitely that he's going to be limited. D- totally. It's moved a point and a half since yesterday morning. Do you guys think that Aaron Rodgers is indeed motivated by previous losses to the Niners? You know, you always hear about that, like, oh, remember this. And Rodgers is a big bulletin board guy, right? Like, finds a lot of inspiration. Do you think he goes all the way back? He's gonna. He's just watching 2019 tape of the NFC Championship game, just pissed, seething. Or is it just like, hey, man, I'm a new, I'm a new man, Aaron Rodgers. I went to Hawaii, went on an ayahuasca trip. Now I'm... My cheese aligned. Do you think? Do you think any of that play goes into play, Rowdy? I think there's a little bit. I think. I think everything goes into play from them not drafting them to the 49ers outside of the game earlier this season having their number. But I also think uh, one big thing for Aaron Rodgers probably is just that Super Bowl trophy, that second Super Bowl, so he can get into that real elite class of quarterbacks. 
the elite class of QB. Here is a little motivation from Aaron Rodgers, what Rowdy said, you know, involving the NFL draft many moons ago. How disappointed are you that you will not be a, a 49er? Not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. Oh, no. Could you God. imagine? Zing. We God. talk about Joe Burrow having confidence and swag. Well, Joe Burrow was drafted at age 23. Could you imagine having the the confidence like Aaron Rodgers to say that at age 21? Not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. Just poof, guns blazing on him. Rodgers never been short of confidence, right? Aaron Rodgers grew up a 49ers fan, Chico, California, wanted to play for the Niners. And then when they're there, what was the knock on Rodgers? His attitude, right? Yeah, it was, it was his attitude. attitude. And then the, the only other little thing with the throwing was like some of his throwing mechanics. Yeah, his the attitude of Rodgers was off. That's why he fell to uh, the Packers, obviously. Ted Thompson's like, mm, I like him. But it's uh, <laughs> quite surprising, though, how it turned out because obviously Alex Smith was drafted number one coming out of Utah. Yeah. And I just can't believe that Urban Meyer wasn't able to turn Trevor Lawrence into something after all the work he did with Alex Smith. <laughs> uh, you want to expound on that at all, Rowdy? He was the head coach at Utah when Alex Smith was there. Yeah. Uh, just, he's just too busy grinding in bars. Yep. Just getting a little bump of grind going. Could do that a little uh, easier in Utah because people didn't go out and drink. Yeah. And I think if you were to grind at anyone, you'd be thrown it. You'd be shunned. Probably. Yeah. You'd be shunned very yeah. quickly. No, there's it. Utah is very, very different culturally. It, it's kind of that way. But then there's also a, a, oh, yeah. out there with the Mormon, you can have multiple wives. He kind of fell into the more Mormon side. Keep, keep the faith. Man. He just had to marry them all. He yeah. just couldn't. Really he had them like... in line. He just couldn't. Nail it down. <laughs> uh, motivation, though, for Rodgers. That was Rodgers what we just played when he was drafted. Now here's Aaron Rodgers on the podium yesterday talking about if indeed he's motivated by previous playoff losses to the Niners. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those rivalries up there with Dallas and, and San Fran on the NFC side and then all of our divisional rivalries, obviously us in Chicago. That's pretty special to the league, but no extra motivation. It's just I've been been around, played a lot of football. I understand uh, the history of this rivalry, the history of us uh, against them, but these are two different teams. From going, uh, I've been around football for a long time, to when he was drafted saying they're going to regret not drafting me. Mm-hmm. Rodgers has found peace with himself, I feel like. That's what it kind of feels like. He also talks about you never know when your chances are going to end when it comes to playing football, going for the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Football mortality is something that we all think about, and we all think about how many opportunities we're going to be afforded moving forward. Each one is special. Each season is different and, and unique in its own way, as has this one been. There's four teams left on the NFC side. We're one of them. We get to host playoff games. This is a special opportunity. It definitely is. I mean, playoffs running through Lambeau, then you're going to get the winner of what the Rams, the Buccaneers at uh, Lambeau for the NFC Championship game. I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket, but I feel like Tom Brady would be coming back. But speaking of uh, Rodgers, many moons ago to Rodgers now, he talks about how he's a different leader than he was uh, just a decade ago. I think over the years, you can get a better understanding of players and how to best relate to them kindness and love goes a lot farther than frustration and getting on somebody's ass pretty hard some guys can take it like lucas patrick is one of the most mentally tough guys i've been around and there are times when i kind of gotta get on him a little bit rogers going with the 
what did you say? Lo- love, essentially? Well, don't you yeah. think that that's quite the 180 from where we saw Aaron Rodgers probably from 2014 to about 2018? When he's just screaming at everyone? Also, that also coincides with a lackluster roster around him, a much worse receiving core, a much worse defense, and special teams being the real constant of just being terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Rodgers could only bottle in for so long, so he started screaming at everyone. And the Mike McCarthy feud. And there's that as well. What feud? Rodgers said it after Mike McCarthy got fired after that Lions debacle that he loved Mike McCarthy. Okay, do you think people that really respect and, and like Mike McCarthy call him Big Mike? No. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's, no, I don't that's think his, so. that's his loving. Did Aaron Rodgers not Who do you talk think about call him tiny Mike tiny McCarthy? Mike? <laughs> tiny Mike. Did he not talk about Mike McCarthy after he had left and and had been with Dallas? Called him Big Mike. Did, okay, he was asked about. Uh, I think you're right. I think he did. I don't think Rodgers likes McCarthy. By the way, I, I, well, we just, that's what him. I'm saying. I'm like, would you really? Ever call him Big Mike in an interview like he did? There was one time. Yeah, he did call post, him Big Mike. Post he likes uh, him when coaching. Call him Big Mikey. That was Big Mikey. Oh yeah, because Roger Rodgers throws a Y in some names now. Yeah. Cobby, Farvey, Big Mikey. Mikey. No, Big. I don't. Because he had always called him Mike, Mike, Mike. Yeah. And then when he left and they asked him about it, it was Big, Big Mike. Mike. Maybe they became friends then. I don't think so. So Big Mike's a. <laughs> when I say Big Mike, that's a term of endearment for me. Yeah. When when you guys say it, makes the heart grow fonder. When Rowdy says it, I think he's fat shaming him. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers does it, a Big Mike. I don't know. Rogers loves his nicknames, but usually throws a Y on him to RJ's point. Big, big Mikey. I mean, big Mikey. when you think of big Mike, there's only a couple of people that really <laughs> pop into your head. And Mike McCarthy's one of them. <laughs> Who else do you think of here? Big Mike. Oh, don't answer it. There's yeah, another, that's questionable. There's one that there's one. Yeah. The one who used to work over there. Oh yeah. I forgot his nickname <laughs> was big Mike on jams. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That yeah. was like, that was like eight years ago. Yeah. I forgot. People never about. forget. I guess I, well, I, I did, but now I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Big Mike. Big Mikey. Yeah, I don't know if Rodgers uh, cares for him. That For me, a term endearment for Rodgers, I think, is maybe like, yeah, this dude stinks. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Rodgers was asked, because everyone's being asked about it, right, um, about the Dallas game. Now, he was asked, the 49ers held Dallas in check, and they'll have a plan for the Packers, too. Dallas really couldn't execute at the end of that game, but can the Packers? Here's more from Rogers. They're well coached on both sides of the ball. I'm sure they'll be ready for a lot of stuff that we're uh, we're doing, we're trying to do. It just comes down to execution in those moments. I think there were some opportunities for those guys the other night, but it comes down to execution. And then and the Cowboys didn't execute. The Niners defense did. Uh, kept them out of the end zone for much of that game. Coming to Lambeau on our field and our weather, you know, we feel good about the product we put on the field, and we got to go out and execute one more time. All right, so I want to talk about some weather coming up here because looking at the weather report for the Packers, Rogers talked about our weather, right? So uh, we'll look at the weather report. Put our where's Corey and Marshall, our resident weatherman. Corey, if you're listening, <laughs> we need a weather report hey, from you. But so last hey. night, uh, Dave Essler texted me saying that uh, he is going to be able to do Friday. That's had a boy, Dave. And he asked me for the boots on the ground weather report for the state of Wisconsin for this weekend, and my response. <laughs> because I was thinking about our upcoming uh, event at Tailgaters. I replied to him, boozy with a chance of a Packers win. (laughs) And his response back to me was, 
dumbass. <laughs> Rody, I think your weather report was spot on, though. Boozy with a chance. What was it? With a chance of win? Boozy with a chance for a Packers win. I like that. That's a good weather report. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, all right, Rowdy, so looking at the NFL, there's the boogeyman that resides now in the NFC. His name is Tom Brady. He is a habitual winner. Tom Brady, um, the GOAT, the dude just wins. Um, there's no way around it. He's phenomenal. But, Rowdy, we'll talk the boogeyman that is Tom Brady and the rest of the NFL playoffs as well as the Packers. But on this day in history... I can't believe this was 20 years ago. This happened, forever changing the rules in the NFL. Lost the football. It's on the ground. Covered by the Raiders. The quarterback's arm was going forward. It is an incomplete thing. Pass to this side. The tuck rule. This is the Patriots' season on the line. The kick is away. It is. Second and nine. They tie it. It goes to overtime. Snow everywhere. Brady dumps it off. Has a first down and more. Brady looks far side. Quick pass. Wiggins. First down. Brady over the middle. Bobbled and held on to. Brady quick pass. That was complete. Brady pumps. Pumps again. Throws. And that's complete for a first down. There's like, there's like five Smith. inches of snow on the field. Right side. He's going to get a first down. This is to advance to the AFC Championship game. The tuck rule, Rowdy, 20 years ago today. The New England Patriots uh, versus the Raiders. The tuck rule rears its ugly head. And um, crazy, that was 20 years ago. Tom Brady, dude. This guy is like the Terminator. He just keeps going. And like the Energizer Bunny. Just keeps going and going and going and going. Can he be stopped this year? Can the man be stopped, Rowdy? Matt Stafford and the Rams. I'll be completely honest. Aren't you always? I like the tuck rule. The with the arm advancing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it either. People the only people that that get upset about it is Raiders fans in this case and people when uh, their opposing team it happens to them. Because if you're already if your arm's coming forward and you're throwing the football and you're getting hit, obviously it's going to affect your pass. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But if you get hit and you lose the football, that's a fumble. That's a fumble. I'm in agreement with the tuck rule. The tuck rule. I think it was a great rule that was brought in 20-ish years ago. I don't mind it either. I mean, the you're clearly, well, if you go back and look at Brady, was he already in tucking it, Rowdy? Was he already in there? No, I'm watching it again and again. If the if you're going forward and the ball releases your hand as you're passing forward, that's a freaking incomplete pass. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I think it's a good rule. So people just hate it because they hate Brady. Yeah. And they hate winners. They'll use that in the narrative as the reason why he won. Totally. The, what a game though. Looking at the, the field right here. It's crazy. Like, I feel like you can be objective. I feel like you can be objective and say, that's a good rule. Whether it helped them win a game right there or not. Cause 
at the same time, I think everyone would agree that they'd like a, a concrete catch rule, mm-hmm. even if Dez would have caught it. Do you think that Charles Woodson agrees with the tuck rule? Honestly? The guy who hit Tom Brady. I don't care what Charles Woodson <laughs> I don't was. care what Chuck has got to say. The only thing I care about is when he's on at Lambeau Field giving his hype speech. Yeah. That's what I like. Uh, let's go to the phone squad. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, boys. Brady's going down. Oh, it's Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Hey, not much, man. I think I think, uh, I think the Rams are going to get her done this weekend. You think Matt Stafford's going to do it? He got his first yeah, man. win in 13 years um, over the last weekend. I just hope to God he does because I'm sick of Brady. <laughs> the boogeyman that is Tom. He's like the Terminator, dude. He just doesn't stop. Yeah, it's uh, it's like Groundhog's Day, man, every postseason. Kyle, how are you feeling about the Niners coming into Lambeau, though? Before we get to Brady, which which hopefully he stopped. I feel like he's going to be beating the, the Packers Well, he is Lambeau. showing signs of aging. He's finally starting to get a little gray on the sides. That is true. Yeah, uh, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Pack by 14. On Saturday Ooh, night. Ooh, you see Jimmy G's a little banged up, like the hurt shoulder, hurt thumb. Others uh, rumor is he might not even play, but it's just what it is is a rumor. If it's Trey Lance, God, game over. Give me the Packers in a landslide. But I think I'm in yeah. agreement with you. I think the Packers are going to get this done over the Ram- or uh, the Niners, excuse me, in a couple couple scores. Yeah, and then uh, you're going to have the Packers hosting the Rams. God, that'd be nice. And we know how those LA boys are in the cold weather in Wisconsin. Soft. Yeah, well, we thought that about Tampa Bay last year too, and look what happened. Well, it's Tom again. It's Tom Brady though, so hopefully the boogeyman gets yeah, uh, but taken down. Packers kind of beat themselves last year, honestly. Yeah, I just can't stop thinking about Kevin King and Scotty Miller. Hey, uh, Kyle, real quick, I know you're a big Badger basketball guy. Did you did you get a hold of the game at all last night? What'd you think? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> How's Johnny Davis not getting a call when he's like punched in the face? I never understood that. 27 points from him, though. Absolutely incredible for the Badgers on the road. Yeah, those refs were terrible last night uh, across the board. Just just bad. Um, but, yeah, the Badgers, that was a hell of a win. Um, obviously, they should have beat Northwestern by more. I wish I would have called in yesterday because I was, I was going to pick them by six, and that's what they won by. So I felt good yesterday. Um Adija's man, thank God he went cold because I I was scared when he was uh, he was hitting everything. Yeah, um, I mean Northwestern they're not. And, they're well, not, the big thing is he was bad. doing it with Johnny Davis guarding him. Yeah, it was uh, that was a good performance. Adija he played out of his mind. Um, so good good job for for Northwestern on that end. But uh, yeah, Badgers going forward, man, that was a that was a total team win. You know, to have that many guys in double figures, I mean, yeah. That's what it's going to take down the stretch, and uh, what a hell of a shot at halftime by uh, Heffer. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I know. That, that, was, was, that was awesome. I, I think I woke my kids up. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I mean, he had another three before that in the first uh, half where he was like long-range Seth Curry three-point range. He was he was draining. It was awesome. Yeah, man, raindrops, just dropping dimes. That was that was awesome. And then Good Johnny and then Johnny Davis when uh, in the second half when he like tried to get the foul and he like leaned into the guy and then he banked it in. I was like, all right, everything's falling yep. for the Badgers from beyond the arc. Yep, uh, banks open, man. Cash the checks. Yeah, sure, Kyle, you the man, brother. Nice hearing from you. Have a good day, boys. Good see, you, buddy. Uh, we'll talk Badgers coming up here, um, but first back to. Uh, he wants Brady to go down. Do you think Stafford and, and company can bring well, down was, the, the boogeyman? One of the things I was kind of thinking when you first brought it up was there's been so much Stafford slander with like his playoff record, which obviously isn't very long. There's not a no, huge the Lions. Yeah, there's not a huge sample size there when you play for the Lions. But um, 
I think Matthew Stafford's a pretty good quarterback. I think he's got a little bit of that gunslinger in him, though, where he can turn the football over and and get a little dicey at times. But that being said, you look at the two matchups. Both teams have good front sevens. I think uh, I would say Tampa's got a little bit better of a front seven. Rams have a better defensive line. Secondaries probably pretty similar, except for the best player in the secondary between the two is probably Ramsey for the Rams. And then you look at the offenses. Tampa's not going to run the football. Leonard Fournette's still questionable. Yeah. Rams can run the football a little bit. And Cam Akers seems to be coming on, which is incredible. Less than six months after an Achilles. That's, tear. In, that's insane. And let's not forget Sony Michelle running the ball pretty well too. And then you have Tom Brady, who's still throwing the ball really well. And Brady. Stafford who has, I mean, he did lose Robert Woods, but he still has Cooper Cup, who looks like one of the better receivers in the NFL with Devontae Adams. Just a monster. And you still have guys like uh, Van Jefferson, who's shown that he can really uh, stretch the defense vertically. And Higby, the tight end, has come come on in the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a good game. I still will side with uh, Tampa Bay until I see Brady lose. Same. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And Tom Brady... And I told he you, is the man. I kind of want San Francisco to win and Tampa Bay to, to win so that the Packers could beat San Francisco and kind of uh, exercise the demons. Yeah, exercise the demons there and then get Tampa in the NFC Championship game and exercise the demons there, go to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Packers, our resident weatherman, Corey in Marshall, he was talking about Green Bay on Saturday. So let's see here. Uh, snow chances daytime wouldn't foresee snow at night. High likelihood of windy conditions, but mainly from the south and southwest. And when I say windy, I'm saying 10 plus miles per hour, perhaps even up to 20 miles per hour. I'm thinking the temperature is starting to uh, low teens and dropping into single digits by the end of the game. Well, I think the biggest thing for the Packers is and the Niners is when it is going to be that cold. We know just in general for the, the normal football games, it normally compresses passing and if that's the case, look at the 49ers. Obviously, the, the Packers are the better passing team. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers, we've talked about it. And now it's getting out more and more with Jimmy G being really banged up. Yeah. Sprained shoulder, uh, torn ligaments <clears throat> in his thumb. Kind of just the bumps and bruises that he's had all year. Yeah, I was out at what? Chicken Licks last night, Rowdy. And there was a guy at the end of the bar, like, yell talking. I think he had a couple drinks. Yell talking about how I heard Jimmy G's not going to be playing. He's got a shoulder injury. He's got a thumb injury. Jimmy G's not going to be playing. And then I went and looked on the Twitter sphere after hearing my uh, boozy source at Chicken Licks. And there it is. Texted someone about San Francisco 90 minutes ago. A lot of rumors flying around that Jimmy G may not start. It could be Trey Lance. Well, that was the thing. And Shanahan said, oh, he'll be fine. He'll play. And, you know, Jimmy G kind of reiterated that. But. He really didn't do much at practice, according to reports. But I guess if you have a sprained shoulder and those ligaments in his thumb that looked like they were really kind of uh, affecting his passing, especially in the second half once he got hit a few times, Mm -hmm. I understand if you're not hardly doing anything at practice, just trying to make it to the game. But that cold, because we talked about (laughs) near-death experiences, been there, when it gets really cold like that, I can feel it in my leg. Yeah, yeah. And if he's got a sprained shoulder and obviously that thumb, we saw, it. we saw Brett Favre, the Iron Man, struggle with that thumb. And he said he hated the cold. 
And th- that's not Rogers said be, the colder the better. Yeah, that's not going to be any different than Jimmy G. You get you get a little banged up, you get hit a few times, and it gets cold and it gets windy, and maybe there's some snow coming Ooh. down. Jimmy G could really struggle, and Trey Lance isn't really that much of a better option unless you no. really want to run the football with the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so a reporter had asked Jimmy G yesterday uh, evening, "quote What's bothering you more, the shoulder or the thumb?" Jimmy G responded with simply, "Yes." <laughs> What's bothering you, Jimmy G, the shoulder or the thumb? Yes. Well, the other thing is, I agree with Rob Reichel we had on yesterday. The Packers, if Jimmy G comes in this banged up and you've seen that he struggled, you got to sell out and put like seven, eight guys in the box consistently mm-hmm. just so they can't run the ball down your throats with Elijah Mitchell. Because if, if they're not able to run the football with Elijah Mitchell or Debo Samuel. Done. This is going to be a long game for San Francisco. It's over. Yeah, it's going to be very cold for them if that's the case. And the Packers are getting people back. You're you're getting Jair Alexander, which is also going to limit their passing game. Yep. You're getting um, Marcellus, or Marcellus, uh, Whitney Merciless. The Merciless. He's a guy that can play it standing up or a hand in the ground. And just think if your name's Whitney, how grumpy you already are. Then throw the cold in there, Rowdy, he's going to be getting after Jimmy. Zadarius Smith, most likely a rotational player. That's only going to help. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for this. Well, obviously, this Packers game. Packers had everyone but one player on the 53-man roster taken on the field uh, yesterday for practice, and that was just David Bakhtiari out because of load management. And we're talking, we just talked about how the Packers were getting better, and it's going to, it's where the Packers are getting stronger, it's going to hurt San Francisco's passing game, getting back one of the best corners, getting back some pass rushers. Yep. And then but you got, at, uh, what, Jair's back, like you said. Then you got Zadarius Smith, who's on the practice field again. But look at San Francisco. Bosa's going to be one of those guys that you're going to want to get pressure on Rodgers. Who knows if he plays with a concussion? Billy Turner back. Uh, Lucas Patrick back. It's only going to help the offensive line at least give it depth. Yep. And Fred Warner, who's a top five linebacker in the NFL. His ankle. He's got a bad ankle. He says he's going to play. Put it on his Instagram. He's going to play. But the thing, I, I said this earlier, that worries me is, when it was a non-contact injury. Because normally, those are the worst ones. Remember last year when Aaron Donald was all banged up and he's like, I'm going to play no matter what, and then he was a complete non-factor? Yeah, where he basically played with like one arm. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to play. You can't stop me. And then basically him playing, he stopped himself just because he was injured so bad. So if you're like, you know, if you're if you're the linebacker for the Niners and you got that banged up ankle, like, yeah, you're going to play, but how how good are you really truly going to be? Yeah, and that, and that was the thing. Like, you hear people... And I guess it was Bosa himself saying, oh, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. It is different with a concussion versus like a bad ankle. Because like sure. you said, the concussion or the ankle can slow you down. The concussion is if you just get another one. Well, it might be a good night. Yeah, very well could be. We have a D-Bag of the Week update on Monday. On Monday, it was Dak Prescott. And the Dallas Cowboys fan base is a package deal because as the Cowboys lost to the 49ers, when the referees were walking back into, you know, the underbelly of AT&T Stadium, the Cowboys fans were throwing trash at the referees. Obviously very upset with how the game ended, right? Dak Prescott essentially tackled by a referee and they were trying to set the ball. Time expired after Dak ran for 14 yards, yada, yada, yada. And then as they were throwing trash at the referees, Dak Prescott was asked about it 
on the podium after the game. And he said, more credit to them, the fans, for throwing trash at the referees. And then later in the press conference, he was asked to clarify his response. And he basically doubled down on it, saying the referees are a joke and they feel the exact same way the fans did. Essentially, we're going to throw trash at you. So the fans of the Cowboys and Dak Prescott you just made the list! were a package deal. Did we have another one? I thought we had another one. I'd have to go back and, and listen. There was another one, too. But there's an update of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, yesterday on Twitter apologized for his post-game comments regarding the fans throwing bottles and trash and debris at the referees that he said, uh, you know, well, more credit to them. <laughs> well, I think this is this just reaffirms that he's up for D-bag because this makes him look worse. Yeah, I've stay, at least stand by it. Because this is, this is the worst thing that's going to happen. Yeah, the refs suck. They're absolute trash. That's why we lost. That's why they threw trash at him. Uh, the, go, come out and say that like he did. Okay. If you believe that way, okay. Yeah, okay. But uh, worst case scenario, you get like a $10,000 fine. You're getting paid like $40 million. Yeah, it's like him dropping like a nickel when he's walking around. And then what? what's the worst thing, that I guess, that could go from beyond that? Maybe that same refereeing crew holds it against you and makes some bad calls. Sure. You call them out again, and then the NFL suspends them for the rest of the play- playoffs like they did the other crew that was yeah. awful. Well, here's, here's Dak Prescott's apology on Twitter. 14 hours ago, I deeply regret the comments I made regarding the officials after the game on Sunday. I was caught up in the emotion of a disappointing loss, and my words were uncalled for and unfair. I hold the NFL officials in the highest regard and have always respected their professionalism and the difficulty of their jobs. The safety of everyone who attends a game or participates on the field of the sporting event is a very serious matter. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I I'm sorry. See, my favorite referees, umpires, officials, whatever they, you want to call them in particular sports, are the ones that I don't know. I don't know Same. who they are. And if I do know you, I want to know you because you got big biceps like Ed Hockley. Like, yeah, this guy, cur- this guy does curls for the girls. Rowdy, after reading uh, Dak Prescott's apology, which he was asked not once but twice on the podium after the Dallas Cowboys lost, First, he said, more credit to them, i.e. the fans for throwing trash. And then he doubled down on it like a couple minutes later saying, yeah, yeah, I said it. So what? It reminded me of a different apology. Little different shades, right? Uh, Another guy during a baseball game made some slurs he shouldn't have made, obviously. Uh, But then his apology was just hilarious. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of Um, if I have hurt anyone out there I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart I'm so very very sorry I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos it will be a home run (laughs) and so that'll make it a four nothing ball game I don't know if I'm gonna be putting on this headset again (laughs) Friggin' Tom Brenneman is up there giving like he was caught saying some homophobic slurs on the mic, which obviously tis tisk. And then he he's I don't even know how to take this. He's apologizing and then goes right back to and Nick Castellanos deep center to right. Like, oh, I guess the guy was true to his craft of calling a game as he didn't let the play affect his apology and. 
no excitement, obviously, no. for his home team that just hit the home run. It's it's you know it's obviously yeah you sh- he shouldn't have said the things he did. Obviously, but you look in the apology. My heart, I'm so very very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. The the most uh, unelectric home run call I've ever heard. I think it would have been a better call had he got super excited for the home run and then right back to monotone <laughs> for the apology. People would have canceled it even harder. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Market plunger. <laughs> what up, guys? <laughs> hey, market plunger. I was just thinking about you yesterday. I'm like, I haven't heard from market plunger. I wonder if you got lost in Beloit. What's up, dude? Nothing, man. Um. The, uh, I, I love that. I mean, I, I, I despise what the guy said. I know it's, but you got to laugh at it too. Air, but, but here's the, here's the thing. And I, you know, I'm probably going to offend a bunch of people, but he's a man of faith. Doesn't homophobic slurs go right along with that. I mean, one could make the argument. <laughs> I, 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 Hey, to my Christian friends, I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I, I apologize. I no, 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 no. Don't apologize. And <laughs> Castellanos to deep center. <laughs> Here's the thing about Dax. Let's not call that Dax apology. That was clearly written by somebody that writes apologies often because <laughs> no normal human being is going to interject what he said in the beginning or in the middle of that thing. That is a total like PR response. Now, here's the thing. If it was from Dak Prescott himself, the apology, this is what athletes normally do. They go to their notepad, uh, their app on their iPhone, and they write out a long, like, like run-on sentence with, like, bad grammar and some no words doubt. are misspelled, and then they post a screenshot of it. This was, no a, this was a Twitter thread, definitely by a PR person. Yeah, it was. There was I mean, the, the beginning sounded like him, but then when I heard the middle, I'm like, nope, nope, that's the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> but here, first of all, Pop Warner football. When when the when the clock is running down, you you find the umpire and you give him the ball. You don't hand it to your center. So throwing trash at the <laughs> referees, you should be throwing trash at the quarterback and the coach. <laughs> Seriously, who gives the ball to their center in that situation? And here's the thing: that was Tyler Biata. She's from Wisconsin. Do you think I he'd know. have the more wherewithal to hand it to the referee? What would be worse, though, Dak handing it to a center or Dak pulling a Chase Claypool and, and doing the first down? Oh, sim- <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, celebrating, celebrating. Yeah, that, that was bananas too. But I, I just can't believe that. Like, they're all. If, if that was me, I would be so mad at myself for not giving the ball to the referee. Yeah, I get. There, I mean, pa- like, oh, pa- the, emotions the are running bad. high. You know, you're on, you're on a tight clock, obviously. But yes, yeah, like, yeah. like let's have some. You're a professional. You should know. Yeah. Well, I mean, just call yourself out when you screw up. Call yourself out. Just blaming other people is weak. It, Yes, exactly. I was dog crap today, but the referees were bigger dog crap today. That's yeah, what you should have said. Also, if I was yeah. Dak, I would have just, listen, I wouldn't even apologized. I would just say, yeah, I, I said it. Never. I wouldn't have never. Either. I would have just said, look, man, yep, I said it, and let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. And next time I'll try to take the ball to the referee. Yeah, I just, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I thought, what is he doing? What, what, what is he doing? And then, like, you know, the poor referee, I felt bad for the guy. He got in there, and he was trying to do his job. And, well, you, you had, know, like, a tackle Dak Prescott, then you got to shove Tyler Biotish aside. It was, it, was, it was pretty funny, dude. It's a yeah. classic Mike McCarthy way to lose. I think it's the best way to Mike McCarthy's ever lost. I know. I, I was smiling. Yeah. Uh, anything well, else on your mind, Market Plunger, my friend? Nah, man, that's good. All right. I, I here, here. got it off my chest. All right, good. I like that. Are you, you're one right. of, are you going to Beloit right now, or? 
No, no, I'm not. I'm going over to one of my houses to help somebody. All right. Well, you, have fun doing that, brother. Good on you. See you All right. See you, buddy. Bye. See, see so, yeah, D-Big of the Week, uh, Dak, I mean, this makes it even more of the case for me up there. Listen, I understand you have to apologize because you're a public figure. And I'm nope. sure the Dallas Cowboys did it. I, I personally just would have just stuck to my guns. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, I said it. The not, biggest, not the biggest question mark was why he took off running. You had no timeouts. There was 14 seconds and it was ticking. They called it church clock, Rowdy. Uh, Kellen Moore called it down. Mike McCarthy okayed it. Dak Prescott did it. And then we all saw it unfold. They are now out of the playoffs, sitting on the couch. All right, 608 321 Twitter. That's at Zone Madison. We got our relief pitcher coming up. I can't wait to uh, 920. Drink some, drink some alcoholic beverages. It's going to be a damn good time as that's coming up momentarily. Maybe we'll, we'll take a quick break uh, earlier just so I can get some more in us and talk to the boys. But, Rowdy, looking at um, the games that are... Uh, we'll get back to the Packers and um, Niners coming up here. But the other games, you were going with the Bengals plus three or three, three and, and a half. half, three and a half. Could you see the Bengals taking this against the Titans? Yeah, I, I really could. I mean, we've seen the Bengals play really good football where they beat the Chiefs in a high scoring game. Yeah. I, I think they possibly could if they if they can stop the run and it comes down to Joe Burrow versus Ryan Tannehill. You know I'm a Ryan Tannehill guy. I'm taking Joey B. But I'm still taking Joe Burrow's talents over uh, Joe Cool over Tannehill when it comes to having to sling the football without a running game. Yeah, and have you heard anything on? I, I think you said have you heard anything on Derrick Henry? I haven't, and I was going to look up like when he started practicing because that's when his 21 day window starts. Yeah, and I think he started <laughs> around the last week of the season, so I, I'm not exactly sure where that puts him. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find some latest updates on Derek. It looks Henry. like all I could find from about 19 hours ago is he could return. Yeah, well, I kept hearing that at the end of the season too, right? Like he's he's got the potential to return for the playoffs. Yada yada yada. Will he be able to play? And I mean, how good will that foot be? So Derek Henry, maybe I could I could I can kind of feel the Bengals doing this. Joe Joe Burrow has got it going on in Cincinnati. And then Bills Chiefs. This, this is going to be a really good game. I just like I said earlier, I think the Chiefs do it, but my my heart wants the Bills. My gut says the Chiefs. And then for Rams Buccaneers, I got I got the Bucks, dude. Well, the the Chiefs have knocked out the Bills in playoff games in the past, and they've beaten them. But doesn't it just feel like this season the Bills? I know they lost their best corner. But it feels like they're kind of on a mission, and I feel like the exclamation point for that was beating New England and continuing to pound New England. Yeah, like they very the in that type of game where it was cold, terrible weather, and and you got a huge lead early. They could have sat on that football and just ran it straight ahead. Yeah, they decided to keep scoring. They were out to uh, <laughs> they were out to uh, go out there and just blow the New England Patriots out for the last two decades of losing to them. And I don't think our guy Dave Essler, who joined us around 740 for some gamble, was too happy about it, was he? Yeah. He's a Patriots fan. Yeah, and I think he had the Patriots in that game, so might have been a little added yeah. anger. But, I mean, the Bills, they've been playing good football towards the end. Going into that game, those two teams were kind of going in opposite directions the last few weeks of the season. And I feel like Kansas City... They had that big upswing kind of in the middle of the season, and now they're just they're playing solid ball, but they're not playing their best football. And I don't care that they blew out the Steelers. A lot of playoff teams could. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin, I'm glad you're here as well. 
something I wanted to talk about a little bit. Rowdy sparked my memory because he got a Wisconsin Motion W on. So I'll be wearing it all week. Yeah, Rowdy. Rowdy picks out one. One. It gets a little it's cold. It's the studio in here. sweatshirt. It's the studio sweatshirt. So obviously Wisconsin uh, hoops got it done last night uh, on the road. Johnny Davis, twenty-seven points, seventeen and a half. But as that was happening and unfolding, I saw my guy Ben Kenny over here on Twitter. He was like Johnny in the spot before anyone else, even our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Badgers adding into the transfer portal. Are we like the pipeline from UCLA now? Couple transfers. My buddy Asher Lowe, who we've had on the program before, he was the first, the original UCLA guy to come to Madison, and now there are more. Well, he's back in Kelly now, right? Yeah, now, yeah, he, he defected, I think is the word. So the cornerback Jay Webb and the Jay wide... Shaw. Huh? Jay Shaw is the cornerback. Oh, I guess I got some bad intel right here. You were thinking of Joe Webb. Well, I guess <laughs> we don't get, need to talk about Joe Webb today. I gotta, I gotta ask my guy Zach Halpern about this. So I'm sorry, Jay Shaw, and then we have ourselves uh, the wide receiver. Is it Keontez Lewis? Yes. Tell me about the uh, the cornerback here. So Shaw, one more year of experience. He's played four or five years in college. Played a lot for UCLA. He was one of their primary cornerbacks. Finished last season second team, all Pac-12, AP, and Pro Football Focus, I believe. Pro Football Focus loves him. I think he's good. I watched, I think, four or five of his games from last year. Definitely good in coverage. He's athletic. Didn't see a lot against the run, but it's the Pac-12. And, and I, I mean, let's be honest. The UCLA defense isn't that interested in tackling anyway. And I pray I never have to watch film of that defense again because it's disgusting. But Shaw definitely looked good in a for a defense that is replacing its entire secondary. Undoubtedly a positive addition. He should be able to make an impact right away. Will he start? I don't know. I It'll depend on where Alexander Smith, where Dean Engram is. But he'll definitely see the field uh, in nickel packages. And maybe he'll start at one of the corner spots. When I first saw that they were getting a receiver and a corner, both from UCLA, my initial thought was this can't make the Badgers any worse, well, especially because those are two positions where they're graduating and losing a lot of guys. So the receiver, that, the, the cornerback they got is an instant impact. Day one, he will see the field. I, as of this point, I expect him to start the wide receiver he was a class of 2021 so he just had his freshman year he's six three i can't remember the last time wisconsin had a wide receiver that was six three quintez cephas six one six two which i guess is very similar but still concept of a of a tall athletic receiver will only i mean he'll have years to to develop but it is a really young wide receiver room there's a lot of potential for him to see the field. I loved what Paul Kurtz was able to do yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and then, um, yeah, I mean, the wide receiver is a three-star recruit, and already like, that's like what Wisconsin normally gets, right? And- yeah, I'm trying to think of like some of the bigger receivers that I remember growing up watching, and <sighs> probably Jonathan Orr. <laughs> Jonathan Orr is probably like one of the bigger receivers that I remember off the top of my head that was good. 6'2". <laughs> I don't remember a sixth inning receiver ever. I was looking back. I couldn't find one. Look at that. All right. Now here's the thing. Maybe that, maybe the grammar has got to get the ball to him. Then. Yes. If he plays. Yes. What did, RJ, what did RJ say this morning? Are we trying to set up to get the UCLA quarterback then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thompson Robinson. He's yeah. electric. 
I would not be opposed, but he. he yeah, I'm over. I'm still in. I'm over. I'm still in on Caleb Williams. I'm over Graham. Mertz. I'm holding out that hope. This whole Caleb Williams. I'm thing over Graham Mertz. Has gone I'm done out with of control. I have Twitter I'm done bots. I, I have Twitter burner accounts tweeting me every day, calling me a coward for not reporting Caleb Williams news. Well, He's going to USC. Have you been Have you been reporting any Caleb Williams news? No. Then you're a coward. Because there isn't any. You're a coward. There, Let's make something up. There are Let's a lot of breadcrumbs to follow. There's interesting stuff happening. I am, I'm connected with all of it. I, I, I could see the connections that he has to different people. But How nothing's happening right now. What are you, like Bradley Cooper and Limitless? Dude, to you make see it, like 10 moves ahead of everyone? No, if, if, if something happens, I will talk about it. To make it legit, all you have to say is sources are saying. Yeah, just say sources say. But that's not legit because it would be It doesn't untrue. matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, you it don't doesn't. Have, you don't look have to cite the, your sources. Look at half the blue check marks. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't have to cite your sources. I'm also a firm believer. It, it was clear just, that after Shaw committed. You never have to cite sources. Fine, sources fine, say. No Caleb sources. Just say rumors. Heil will understand. Sources say. Sources. Rumors are from sources, Caleb Williams coming to Wisconsin. Listen, Boom, a- after Shaw committed last night, I knew they were going to get Keontes Lewis too, but I didn't tweet it Why because not? I'm a big believer in when a when a kid is going to commit somewhere, that is his moment no, to do it. No, steal his thunder. I'll, I'll give you some tips on being a reporter since I have a lot of experience. I'm not a reporter. I work in sports radio. You're have reporting a, on things? Yeah. I have a lot of experience in this uh, field. <laughs> rumors and sources will be your two biggest uh, words. Yeah, you don't have to ever, like, verify anything. Just say rumors and sources. And then if you do, Why would you I throw, do that? For, for engagement on Twitter? Yeah. You, you throw your sources no. under the bus. You're all about the engagement on Twitter. I enjoy engagement on Twitter, but not at someone else's. Like, I'm not going to do it to take a moment hey, away to from quote, a kid that's to quote Michael jo- To quote Michael Jordan, F those kids. That's not how I feel. They're not even kids, though. They, they're over 18. They're adults. That's not how I feel. That over 18 is an adult? No, in terms of that, I, in terms of just saying F them. And, and as I'm long as you're not moment. reporting that Badger players are getting bit by dogs, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> ben doesn't know that inside joke. We'll have to tell him off here.